The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. The Attorney General has decided the state will not support overturning the case of two men convicted of murdering a Waverly police officer in 1998. They're serving life in a federal prison despite a jury finding them not guilty of the crime. Whitney Evans reports. To prove their innocence, Terrence Richardson and Ferran Claiborne recently petitioned the Virginia Court of Appeals to have their sentence overturned. It's a complicated case that highlights how federal and state criminal prosecutions are intertwined. Former Attorney General Mark Herring supported the request. However, just last week, Attorney General Jason Miares told the court the state had reversed course. In a letter to the court obtained by VPM, he said there's not enough evidence to prove the men's innocence. Miares' team added four court have already denied Richardson's appeal. Seth Shelley was an attorney on the case for Herring's former Conviction Integrity Unit before Miaris fired him and 29 other staffers. A lot of our cases are decades old. On the day of the layoffs, Shelley said he was unsure how Miaris could get up to speed on the case in a short period of time. We're reviewing convictions of people who state they are innocent, and it is a ton of paperwork. It involves interviews. It involves re-investigating. Richardson and Claiborne's attorney argues Miara's never intended to take on the case from the outset for political reasons. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Virginia Commonwealth University Athletics is apologizing after a radio broadcaster from a competing school says he was prevented from working at a men's basketball game this week. Shane Donaldson from the University of Rhode Island has cerebral palsy, which causes muscle weakness in the lower body. According to the Boston Globe, the media platform at the Siegel Center was blocked off by a fence and the only way to get on it was a stepladder. Once VCU learned of the situation, officials apologized and offered other accommodation. Donaldson accepted the apology but said the accommodation was too late. The new GOP majority in Virginia's House of Delegates is trying to roll back voting access laws passed by Democrats over the last two years. Yesterday, they approved bills requiring a photo ID to vote and another that prevents registrars from accepting mail-in ballots after Election Day. Republicans have argued the bill helps bring certainty and closure to elections. Democratic Delegate Jeff Bourne called that claim misleading. Mr. Speaker, it's no secret that there are people in this room and around this Capitol that still haven't brought closure to the election in 2020. A third GOP bill would limit early voting to two weeks ahead of elections, down from 45 days in current law. Similar bills have already been shot down by the state Senate, where Democrats have a narrow majority. Governor Glenn Youngkin's executive order to end the teaching of divisive concepts as well as the tip line to report if these issues are being taught in school have many teachers on edge during Black History Month. Ian Stewart reports. 
Middle school history teacher Megan Reimer says the governor's messages are confusing her students. One of my kids had asked me, Ms. Reimer, are you not allowed to teach black history anymore? Reimer told her students that her lessons on race will not change. But I know that there are a lot of teachers that are not in that situation, that have communities that have very strong opinions on things like this. Several teachers I spoke with don't feel as comfortable as Reimer and didn't want to share their names for this story. A majority of teachers were already having a difficult time teaching race in the classroom, according to LeGarrette King. He's the director of the University of Buffalo's Center for K-12 Black History and Racial Literacy Education. For a lot of teachers, particularly when you're teaching about slavery, about civil rights, and about all these you know, historical topics, you just pull primary sources. King says teaching students critical thinking and understanding that there are multiple perspectives will help the country move forward. Ian Stewart, VPM News. This week, the state Senate signed off on legislation to allow parents to opt their children out of public school mask mandates. A similar bill is being considered in the House of Delegates. Carrie Kawaji is the parent of a high schooler in Chesterfield County, which ended its mask mandate in response to Governor Glenn Youngkin's executive order. She says even if parents want their children to wear masks now, without the mandate, teachers can't tell students to put their masks on. And so it's really student choice and not parent choice at that point. Kawaji is the education chair for the Chesterfield NAACP and a member of a statewide parent group. Both organizations have been vocal against mask opt-out proposals. Democratic Senator Chap Peterson cited an op-ed from the magazine The Atlantic titled The Case Against Masks at School as one of the most influential factors in his decision to co-sponsor this legislation. Albemarle County Public Schools are looking to hire interpreters due to an increase in Afghan students. According to WVIR, Central Virginia has become home to many Afghan families who fled the Taliban. Afghan students and families often have to wait a long time to speak with interpreters, which creates barriers for communication with teachers. Translators that speak Dari or Pashto are encouraged to apply to Albemarle County Public Schools, and potential hires will be trained for free. Several properties in Jackson Ward will soon be transformed into a tribute for the neighborhood's first known black homeowner. According to Richmond BizSense, historic preservation nonprofit group The Jackson Project received a donation of 10 parcels of land for the recreation of the Skipwith Roper Cottage. The properties are expected to be formally transferred from the Maggie Walker Community Land Trust to The Jackson Project later this year. We should disclose VPM is one of the sponsors of The Jackson Project. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.